Hey there, chocolate lovers. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, you can find it on our Craft Chocolate TV YouTube channel. Welcome to Craft Chocolate TV. My name is Dylan, and I am with Manoa Chocolate Hawaii. Today, we are going to talk about the best places to start a chocolate factory. And when I say that, I'm considering two main things. Are you in an urban area or a rural area? Because that will change your business model quite a bit. And in craft chocolate, the formula that I know is revolving around a more urbanized area with higher foot traffic. For us, that has worked much better just because we focused on retail. And so when I say urban versus rural, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Do you want a retail chocolate or do you want a wholesale chocolate? And what we have focused on has proven very successful because it allowed us to scale with our own money. So when you look at being a retail location, you are chances of success, I think, are higher. And that is because it costs more to make a bar of chocolate when you're doing it on a small scale and you want to be able to retail it at a better margin in order to cash flow yourself. So if you're going to be in the middle of nowhere in a beautiful location, your rent might be cheap, but you're going to have no customers. And it's really difficult to do this when nobody knows who you are and nobody wants whatever you're making. Why would they? When I first started, I remember trying to focus on wholesaling and it was awful. Nobody wanted our chocolate at all, even though it was okay and it looked nice. Um, I, I couldn't get anybody to put it in their store. It was probably, it was close to a year before we actually had a wholesale account. So I'm a big fan of retailing and craft chocolate, especially if you want to start small. But for now, let's talk about the differences between starting in a rural location versus an urban location. So if we start in a urban location, your rent is going to be higher. That's just the way it is. However, you are going to be able to retail and be more of an impulse purchase, which is what chocolate tends to be a lot of the time for many of the people that are walking by. You're going to capture a lot more of their interest. It's also a demographic that has more money. So those are some serious benefits to starting in an urban or higher population density area. Um, if you start in a rural area, your rent's going to be far cheaper. But at the end of the day, your margins are going to be way smaller and it's going to be more difficult to grow. So let's delve into this a little more. Uh, if you're in a retail location, your rent is higher and probably your labor is going to be higher because you're going to have to pay people to sell your chocolate. However, you're going to have a much better cash flow and you're going to have much higher sales. Now, at the end of the day, you still want to compare your rent on a financial statement. And, and this is something that everybody should do, even in the beginning, is being able to look at your costs as a percentage of your gross sales. So if we're going to use some easy numbers, if you're bringing in $1 million a year, your rent should not exceed $100,000. 
it should be 10% or less if you're doing a good job. If you're going too much higher, you're eating into margins in other places because your labor is also going to be 20 to 30%. And all of a sudden, you've chewed up all your percentage and there's nothing left for the business to help grow itself and to help scale itself. So besides being an impulse purchase, craft chocolate, it's also an experience. And so you want people to walk by and be super interested in what you're doing and being able to teach them. And that's what's going to translate into a sale. So when we were first getting started, we were on the second floor of a building and the bottom floor was a breakfast location that saw probably a thousand people a day. Maybe it was 700 to a thousand people a day. We would see the overflow from people waiting in line or coming upstairs to use the restrooms, which is where they were. We got really lucky in that regard because that allowed us to have foot traffic. No one could see us. Our visibility was terrible, but we had foot traffic. And that is how we cash flowed and stayed alive. Because if people come into your chocolate factory, they taste what you do and you give them a good experience, they will buy chocolate. That's just how it works. Unless you're astronomically expensive. If you're just expensive, it'll still be okay. And you'll have to be expensive in the beginning because it's going to cost you a lot to make that chocolate bar. Let's use easy numbers again. If you are trying to sell your chocolate bars for $10, it might cost you in the beginning six or seven dollars to make that chocolate bar because you're starting so small. Now I've got recommendations on how you should start with at least two 25 kilo stone melangers. That'll help a lot to drop your costs, but you have to at least have enough margin to make and sell chocolate at a profit. Otherwise you're not running a business. You're going to burn out very quickly and have to go do a different job. So People would come in, they would buy chocolate from us, and that translated into our growth because we self-financed in that regard. The other thing that it does is it also gives you the ability to have a smaller margin. So just like what I said about maybe it costs $6 to make a chocolate bar and you're selling it for $10, you, you're okay if you only made $4 on that bar. Whereas otherwise, if you're wholesaling, the general rule of thumb is that if you're retailing for $10, your wholesale price is half that. So you wholesale for $5, which means that if it costs you $4 to make that bar, you're making $1 a bar. You have to sell so many more chocolate bars in order to make any money. Different business model. It really helps if you're much larger when you start in order to drop your costs, because this really boils down to your equipment and operations and your labor. So if you can start really big, great, good for you. Your other issue is going to be now just learning how to sell it. There's always a different bottleneck. But by starting small with a couple stone melangers that are about 25 kilos each, you can run profitably and scale yourself. That's my own opinion. It's just our own experience. And it's what I would recommend. There's two examples that, that I'd like to use here. Because uh, Zotter over in Austria are probably the the paragon of what I would like to think of as a successful craft chocolate model. Craft chocolate still has a lot of room for interpretation and a definition. I consider them craft chocolate because of the way they make chocolate, the beans that they source. I think it revolves a lot more around ethics than scale. 
It's also, if you're going to compare chocolate factories, you know, if they're doing say a thousand tons and other companies are doing hundreds of thousands of tons, they're still very small. I'm not exactly sure what Zotter is doing, but my point here is that Zotter is in a rural area and they did start with wholesale. But now I'd say a lot of their business comes from people seeking them out as a destination because they're such a fascinating story and they've done such a good job offering an experience. It is a phenomenal experience. If you're in Europe and you are really into chocolate, it is a pilgrimage that you must do. Uh, so that is an example that is very successful of running a chocolate company, a chocolate factory and a retail store. They've probably got the busiest chocolate retail store on the planet. Um, I think it'd be hard to argue with that. They must see a few thousand people a day because of word of mouth. I'm sh I don't think they advertise very much. Uh, so they started rurally and wholesaling and then really became a destination, which allowed them to have that cash flow that's so wonderful for businesses. Dandelion is another example where they started in a city. And so they had the access to so many, so much larger population. I think there's probably just as many people in the San Francisco or Bay area as in all of Austria. So there's a lot of advantages to that yet their labor costs are probably higher. Um, just about everything is probably more expensive and more difficult except for the fact that they have a lot easier time selling if they could make enough chocolate and which has always been a problem for them, which is a good problem. You always want your issue to be, I can't keep up. I can't keep selling more chocolate. So these are two different ways of thinking about where to start a chocolate factory. I would not let rent determine where you start a chocolate factory because if the rent is high, you should be in a location that you bring in way more revenue, but you still got to do your math. You still got to crunch your numbers. So hope this was helpful. Thank you for watching. See you next time. Hi guys. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate if you subscribe and give a review. This helps other chocolate lovers like yourself discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.